Welcome to The Collector's House, a Matches Fashion Podcast. I'm Danielle Rodoichin. Each episode features a conversation with a creative mind about the things that inspire them or that have given their life meaning in some way. From books, to art, to a piece of jewellery, these objects are collected into a cabinet which resides in physical form in the attic at 5 Carlos Place, the Matches Fashion Townhouse in London. Today I'm having a chat with Molly Goddard, the young female British fashion designer known for her alt girly dresses who has built a fan base comprising of cool London girls Cindy Sherman and Rihanna. The daughter of a set designer and a sculptor, she grew up in London's Labrick Grove, interned for Giles Deacon and John Galliano and trained at Central St Martins before launching her label in 2014. Drawn to vintage children's dresses, smocking and awkward fitting clothing, her punk approach to feminine style is something the fashion critic Sarah Moa has called subversive in a quietly English way. Molly Goddard, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. Um, you just showed your autumn winter 2018 collection, I believe, yes. last week. Congratulations. Thank you. How did it go? Um, it went really well, I think. Well, I had fun doing it. Um, yeah, we had really great models and a really good set. Um, we had a kitchen, um, an industrial kitchen, and all the models walked and then they stood and had a glass of wine. It was kind of meant to feel like when you finish, you know, when you're at a party, you don't really want to be there anymore. So you find where the canapes are or, you know, where so the, the wine's stashed. So the models were actually eating and drinking? Yeah. Because that's always a big feature of the, your shows is yeah. the set. It almost becomes a part of the whole collection in a yeah. way. Um, tell me a bit about the set. How does that work? Um, I suppose it... Well, the kind of ideas come from the idea of who that woman maybe is in for that season. Who, you know, what what's she doing? What does she do? Uh, and kind of what the attitude is. And then we kind of think about. I think about a setting that fits. So whether it's like a dinner party or a kind of restaurant kitchen, or um, we've done like a life drawing class before. But um, oh, the life drawing class remind me that one had an, an, a naked model. Yeah, we had George. Who's George? <laughs> um, we found him on Gumtree, actually. Yeah, and uh, he was a professional. He was art model. Uh, yeah, he life was a drawing model. Life drawing model. Yeah, um, and the models were drawing him. Is that right? Yeah. So the models just drew him. I think I often work with uh, people that aren't well, like the people that wear the clothes. Often in the shows are not often professional models. So for me, I like having them feeling as comfortable as they can so having having something to do that kind of entertains them uh I always think makes it feel like a kind of more believable show I suppose I suppose I quite like it to be believable so having people doing something rather than kind of behaving like a mannequin is quite important to me so instead of the traditional model walking up and down a runway yeah or standing still or whatever but I mean I, I do love the kind of whole pomp of a catwalk as well so and it's very much a sort of family production um I know that you have various members of your family involved in helping you with that yeah I have very talented family luckily (laughs) so it's nice I suppose when you work with someone that is good at their job and then uh happen to be family it really helps because I think it makes communication very easy because 
they kind of know when to tell you you're doing you're being who, stupid or whatever <laughs> <laughs> who does what um so my sister's a stylist alice goddard she has a magazine and she does styling a full time uh so she styles a show with me and we work closely together on that and then she also does the casting which she's done from the beginning um and then uh my mum does the sets she does set the set design so she um used to be a art teacher and still does some lecturing but now she does the does, is a set designer so she has done that with me from the beginning and does and and you and you guys get, get along well or is there yeah we don't spend like a massive amount of time together before the show or um we kind of work as you would with a normal set designer I so suppose, you just say mom i've got this idea here's here's the concept yeah and, and then, then she comes up with the set yeah, or is it the other way I around kind of can just like if i come up with an idea she will then kind of translate it perfectly and this time it was like 10 times better than I'd imagined she's a bit of a perfectionist so she kind of you know she'll spend three days finding that plate that's five centimeters bigger than the ones you can get easily because it will look better kind of thing so she's very very good at what she does yeah and maybe she makes that extra effort because it's for me I don't know but and your dad what does he do I guess he kind of helps on the day and helps when my mum's having and a he's a sculptor uh, yeah, he, well, he he started doing that. He used to be a graphic designer, right. but he's kind of put that aside a bit. And, and you grew up in Labrick Grove in West London? Yeah, I grew you? up in Labrick Grove. And are you all still there? Uh, my sister lives in Brixton now, and I live in, yeah, I live near, near, near Labrick Grove, yeah. Hmm. What is the first thing that you wanted to talk about for the cabinet? Um, my first thing, which is quite big for a cabinet, but it's uh, a Comme de Garçon skirt. That which you're wearing, which I'm wearing, um, which I bought from Relic, which is one of my favourite shops. It sells, I guess, sec- vintage designer clothes. Um, I think it was like my first ever. I think it's the most I've ever spent on any clothes, even though it wasn't a massive amount of money. But um, Com is kind of the thing I always want to buy if I can afford it. Um, what is it about Com? Um, com I suppose clothing? this skirt is just totally kind of insane and for me like I I like pattern cutting and I like understanding how things are made and when I see something I can't figure out how it's been made that really intrigues me and this skirt I kind of can't figure out how it's been made it's got like so it's black and do you know what the fabric is I think this is like a kind of polyester taffeta and then there's kind of nylon and there's also almost like um furnishing fabric like kind of cotton and I don't know felt and then there's these big blobs that kind of tie in knots. And then there's these <laughs> roughly laser cut pieces and elastic. And it's just, and it's all panelled and it's just totally mad. And I suppose it just kind of really inspires me because it makes me think you can make anything. You don't really have, you know. Because you, in your designs, you, um, do you reference or are you inspired by Com when you're, when you're designing your own clothes? Because um, I can see direct links, for example, between yeah. in the dresses that have become a bit of a signature of yours. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Ray Kaukiva is one of my all-time favourite designers. And I have like the way she her? does everything. Yeah, I have met her a few times. I heard that she's she's worn your clothes before, hasn't she? Um, I don't know if she has, but she did. She does. She has a few things. So I've never How seen her in them. How does that feel, knowing that Ray Kawakubo is a fan of your uh, clothing? Really unbelievable really yeah you've actually quite got amazing quite a few 
celebrity fans that I've read about. Yeah. For example, Rihanna. Yeah, Rihanna's a good one. <laughs> She's a good one. And Cindy Sherman, I heard. Yeah, Cindy all your Sherman. Stuff. Adwoa, yeah. obviously, is a big fan, and I think she's a friend of yours. Yeah, well. she's a friend. Um, how does it feel when these people, when you see, do you know that they're going to be wearing them, or is it always no, a surprise when not. you see it? it? Which is quite nice, I suppose. Whenever we've kind of made anything for Rihanna, it's maybe been for one occasion, and then she hasn't worn it, and I've never been disappointed that she hasn't worn it, because she has really great stylists who always make sure that she does wear it at some point and the surprise is always really nice I think um does it affect sales do you notice an uptick um Um, you know if Rihanna wears one of your tulle dresses hmm. do you then have lots of orders coming through for that particular dress or uh I think it does I think I think it does I think it affects like kind of international awareness I'm actually I don't know about direct sales (laughs) links but probably does (laughs) let's say yes (laughs) and what about the next thing for your cabinet next thing um i bought a um children's dress it's teeny tiny it's tiny i think i used to wear it it's one of my own um beautiful like properly hand smocked um and i always i kind of collect smocked dresses and you never really get adult smock dresses so I was there always children's dresses which helps why are children's dresses smocked like that anymore uh why aren't they anymore because it takes a lot a lot of time and energy which is what I love about it and I suppose and also they don't really make them for adults because it's so time consuming it's okay if it's 15 centimeters but not if it's more which is the problem I have (laughs) because I make smock dresses and and is this, for grown-ups. <laughs> and tell me about the process of how, when you're making... What, what's the process that you go through? Are they hand-smocked, your dresses? Um, yeah, so I, I guess something like the, what dress I'm holding now is um, it's actually hand-done. So someone's, like, sat with a needle and gone perfectly a centimetre part stitching in multiple lines, probably, like, I don't know, 20 lines or something. Um, and then they've hand-embroidered through those... Pulled it up so that it kind of pleats and then embroidered around those pleats um the way I do it is I've got a a very old-fashioned machine that kind of does that it feed you feed the fabric through so it's all very manual and still by hand but um it means you're not actually hand stitching the machine kind of thread puts the threads through itself so that's what I do and then they are meant for children's dresses but we totally abuse them by putting (laughs) (laughs) hundreds of meters thousands of meters through them so yeah um, but I suppose I just, I like, I mean, I like collecting children's clothes because they're smaller, so they take up less room. Yeah. <laughs> um, that would definitely fit well in the cabinet. Yeah. Better than the comb Better skirt. than the skirt. Um, and I think also children's clothes are made with such kind of love and care often, something you don't really get that often Where anymore. do you pick these up? Where do you find them? The- um, like, well, I, I've got a lot of things that are my old things that my mum probably got handed down or charity shop none of them are particularly precious and I used to wear these kind of I suppose quite precious dresses but I was a little tomboy so I'd just run around you know in the park in a big in like a christening dress or something stupid because my mum used to and I guess if you grew up on Labrick Grove you're near Portobello Market and there's loads of yeah loads of like vintage things so yeah markets charity shops yeah anywhere really and what about the way that people wear your dresses Mm. um do you see yourself as coming out of the sort of punk 
way of um, wearing clothes or designing clothes for people to wear them in that sort of slightly subverted way. I'm thinking of the reason I'm saying that is because, you know, like you take a smock, if you yeah. think of a tool smocked dress, that sounds very girly yeah. in a traditional way. But actually the way that women have been wearing these clothes is in a, in a sort of slightly uh, rebellious, free freestyling way over trainers and yeah. jeans um, or with loads of jewellery, tattoos, whatever. Men probably wear them as well, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was just wondering how much you think about the spirit of how they're worn and what your thoughts were around punk. And it's almost like a quite a... I think I spoke to Sarah Moore about you and she said that she saw you as um, very English in the way that you're quietly subversive, which I thought was a really nice mm. quote. I just wondered what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I just think about um, myself and my friends and my sister and everyone around me and there's um, the way we all wear clothes and that we all have this kind of, I suppose, I suppose it's a rebellious attitude. I don't know, but um, I think the problem is that, you know, I, do, I love, I like girly things. I like things that are smocked and frilled and all that, but I I just don't like the association that, that it then makes people kind of immediately think something's prim or proper and kind of youthful and I like the idea that anything you can have those things but however you wear them if you have the right attitude it it can be anything it can be I don't know sexy or rebellious or punk or whatever so you know and I I just I suppose what I hate is is prim and proper <laughs> and you're a Londoner obviously and um do you think that's a particularly London sensibility I think so yeah because you've got to be able to like kind of stomp around like sit in the pub and um yeah it's not really about um kind of dressing up for anyone else it's about just like wearing what you want to wear and doing what you would do every day in, in any of your other clothes I suppose <laughs> if that makes sense yeah <laughs> what about your next object next object um I bought a book that is called Giuseppe and Giovanna Panza Collectors it's an interview by Felipe Ungar. Um, the book will fit in the cabinet, but Easily. I kind of wanted to think Easily. about. The, I was kind of talking about the house a bit. Um, so I've explain always, what the book. So the book. So is, the book is a. a um, it's just an, it's, it's an interview with Giuseppe and Giovanna, who are art collectors, and they've got this house in Italy, which I've always been obsessed with. I found a book in the library once, and I photocopied all the pages, and then I never wrote down what the title was, and I've still not I still can't find it so it's like my quest to find the book again um but I've just always been obsessed with it they have a kind of really beautiful have you been to the actual house no I really want to go I don't I actually don't know if you can visit I think you can um but I, they've sold a lot of their collection so it's not I mean it was their private home and it was in Italy and it's all kind of I don't know very would you say yeah like kind of baroque grand when, Italian when, house. When, when were they? When were they collecting? When was? When was this? Um, what period are we talking in about? Like six uh, sixties, seventies, I think. Uh, yeah, fifth. Yeah, sixties, like fifties, sixties, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so they have this kind of amazing, very grand, ornate Italian house, but then they have amazing contemporary art, and I think it's really interesting reading about the way that they collect art, which is um, they collected in bulk, I suppose. So if they couldn't buy, like, f three or five of the pieces, then they wouldn't buy any. And 
they didn't really buy based on value. They bought based on what they really liked, I suppose, which, I mean, obviously they had a lot of money, but I still think there's something quite refreshing in that. Um, their house is just beautiful. They have, like, a big grand house, and then they'll have, like, a Robert Rauschenberg and loads of Klaus Oldenburg things around. So it's, like, very kind of conflicting the two styles, but very beautiful. So I like. I still haven't finished the book because I'm... Uh, Sounds amazing. I'm not very good at concentrating on things, but um, but yeah, it's a good book, and I'm still on the hunt to find the other book. Um, but this actually explains kind of about the way they collect our art and what they collected, and they were kind of he collected like Eve Klein before anyone else did, and things like that. So, and the collection's been dispersed now. So yeah, it's now not, it's all yeah. at like I think it's all at uh, MoMA and Mocha. Mocha is that how you say it? Mocha. Museum of Contemporary Arts in LA. Emmett, I don't know. <laughs> um, where else? Guggenheim, all over the place. So, yeah. Where do you go to? Are there any libraries or resources that you like to use for when you're hunting for books like that? Um, yeah, I use the good old UAL Amazon libraries. I go to, well, I go to St. Martin's and to LCF because I like just like pulling out things and then like I kind of like discovering things rather than like. Uh, planning what I'm looking for because then I don't ever really get excited (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I go I go to those libraries quite a lot yeah yeah and I would just wanted to go back to what we were saying I'm just talking about uh, your clothes and the way that um, women wear are wearing them Mm. Um, because it feel it seems like the the clothes themselves that sort of chime with what's happening at the moment politically and in the current climate around particularly with regards to um the me too movement um and this sort of new heightened social awareness around identity politics and so on and i was just wondering if that was something that you thought thought about at all and if it matters to you yeah yeah i think it matters a lot to me um i think it's important that you should be able to wear what you want to wear without anyone uh presuming it means something or uh I suppose that's very important to me um and also just like having a personality I think fashion can be not be the best sometimes in kind of like objectifying and making it be about one thing when for me making it be about the kind of just the clothes and objects and all like commercial selling um whereas I think it's very much about personality and I think uh, very important that like women are able to show what their personality is and whether that's through what they wear or not um I think that's a key kind of part of what should be happening now yeah and what is happening (laughs) and what about the next thing we're going to talk about your object um so I thought we could talk about my dad's heads that he makes he was like a graphic designer when I was growing up um and he's always done that and then in the last couple of years, um, where I had at my old studio, he got a little studio and then he started doing, um, making these heads. And now he's kind of, he works at that studio. He's like transformed a big space into a photographic space where um, it's in an old school. So he's, he's kind of started doing that more. Um, and he now runs a, well, he's, he's deciding if he wants to, but he's running a, this, he's taken over the library and transformed it into a space that can be kind of, use for photographers and stuff but on the other side he um 
started making these heads and he's all like he always is drawing and what material is it because i just um, so this is a photo you've bought a photo like you've bought a photo of the heads yes i bought a photo because they're very heavy so i couldn't bring them didn't want to bring them in your bag but they're hollow they're these clay heads that he makes and that he just like he makes them very quickly and kind of squidges out these funny faces that are men and women i think they all look like him (laughs) Um, and then he glazes them they're white or gold or red or like some of them and he did some matte blue ones and they can be some of them about 40 centimeters high some are two centimeters high they're all varying sizes um but i don't know i just really love them because they've got such expression and they remind me of like his expressions quite a lot you know he's very uh uh he's got a very expressive face i suppose so um i just think they look so he makes them so easily but they kind of say so much i suppose um and we've used them we did an installation with them in uh the comme de garçon shop in paris in trading trading museum comme de garçon shop um where we just had i don't know i think there were like 200 of them um so yeah there's something i really love and also his dad um used to make heads he used to carve wooden heads so I suppose a lot of heads kind of heads going have on always been, family. been a thing. Yeah. <laughs> what does he think of your clothes that you design? Uh, I think he likes them. Yeah, he likes them. Does he comment? He does like them. He always thinks that a skirt is a dress. So I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, he likes them. I make he make him sound clueless, but he's not. <laughs> no, he he likes them. Yeah. And what about your final object? Uh, my final object is my jewelry that I have. I don't have all of it on at the moment, but I um, uh, I kind of collect gold jewellery, um, not particularly precious jewellery. I quite like going to pawn shops and buying uh, secondhand jewellery. I kind of think the more... How does it work when you go into pawn shops? I've Do you haggle? Do you no, say, it's is just the price the, the price? I, I've never... I think the price is the price. Yeah. It's just that, you know, someone's given them i suppose it's a bit sad but someone's given their jewelry for money yes so you can find like terrible things but you can find amazing things um there used to be really good pawn shops in shepherd's bush that have gone i suppose like there are not many gold shops in london anymore that are that kind of like lower price gold shops not kind of high high end jewelry so i like i suppose i like kind of collecting multiple rings and layering them up are there anything in particular you're looking for um i like belt rings what's a belt ring that's a belt ring that's got little flowers on and it's a belt and then i love things that have hallmarks on um and then i've got like a rope ring and then i don't know i can't remember what these ones are called um and then i have earrings and i have loads of gold chains with little charms on i have like a wishbone and a pearl and an m and a heart so i like None of it's particularly expensive. It's just and how do you wear? Do you wear it? Do you tend to just put it on a lot of it together and then wear it? Yeah, I never take any of it off. So it's not like you're editing a different look of jewelry. No, I just add more. Yeah, yeah. So is it that sort of sense of history almost from that jewelry? Like you're talking about the hallmark. Mm. Um, That that's the thing that kind of obviously that appeals to you, especially. I mean, a lot of the things that you've talked about sort of come with a sense of history and the story behind them yeah and i like when i mean the some of the oldest jewelry is the weirdest like victorian jewelry when it's got like lockets of hair in it and you i mean things like that and then they sometimes have like writing on them that you can't 
understand what it says or what it means or like a you know um Lynn Yeager you know Lynn Yeager who works is an amazing writer um and journalist but she when she's in London we've been to Alfie's Antiques together and because they have the most amazing jewellery and she's got some incredible weird Victorian rings that kind of have like a enamel portrait of someone and um so yeah I think like the history and the kind of discovery of finding these things is good and especially when they're cheap <laughs> always helps have you ever thought about designing jewelry yourself yeah i'd love to yeah maybe that's the maybe next it's thing. the next thing i don't know <laughs> <laughs> all right well molly goddard thank you so much for talking to us it's been a thank real pleasure you. thank you thanks for having me <laughs> That was an episode of The Collector's House, a Matches Fashion podcast. You can find more episodes and more about Five Carlos Place on the Matches Fashion website, and you can join the conversation on social media by searching for at Matches Fashion and the hashtag Five Carlos Place. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.